Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, folks, look, politics can be uh, a cruel business sometimes. And, and that's, that's the nature of the beast. And uh, controversies arise and fortunes can rise and fall. It wasn't all that long ago. Uh, the name Derek Fildebrand was being mentioned uh, as a possible UCP leadership uh, candidate. Things have gone in, in a different direction for the MLA. Last week, uh, New Democrat House Leader Brian Mason referred to it as a very fiery and short political career. Well, but I guess that begs the question of, of what next? Now, there was, of course, uh, the fact that uh, Derek was suspended from the UCP caucus, and the controversy around the Airbnb listing of his Edmonton apartment. Now, questions were put to Jason Kenney after that leadership race. What, what future Derek might have, might have held within the party, what the future might hold for him? Well, we learned last week... Uh, the answer to that question, uh, after uh, Derek resolved a case, an illegal hunting charge and a fine of $3,000, the result from that, Jason Kenney uh, put out a statement saying that uh, Derek Fildebrandt would not be permitted to seek a United Conservative Party nomination. This all goes back to a meeting that apparently occurred in late November between the leader and the MLA. So since the uh, court case was resolved last week and the statement put out by the leader... Eric Fildebrandt has not commented publicly on all of this, but he's decided to break his silence. Uh, Derek Fildebrandt is the uh, MLA for Strathmore Brooks, and he joins us on the line here this afternoon. Derek, thanks for making some time for us. Well, thanks for having me, Rob. Uh, it's obviously been a rough week for you, a rough few months for you, but um, let me just get your thoughts on the, uh, the, what we heard from the leader last week and, and how things played out for you last week. Well, I was uh, disappointed and, uh, and surprised. I uh, I got the phone call. Um, I think uh, while well, I was literally uh, standing in line to, to pay the fine for uh, the unfortunate uh, hunting accident that I had uh, taken responsibility for that, that day. But uh, I was quite surprised because uh, it's not what I had been led to believe up until that very moment. Um, for reasons that can only be speculated on, but... Uh, I was very disappointed. I, uh, I've done as much as I possibly could to help unite the two parties, and uh, had been a great supporter of Jason Kenney, believing he's the best man to lead the province. And so I was uh, quite, quite disappointed. What about you know what 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 you've been going through here? And I mean, it it just seems to people that that you kind of put yourself in this difficult situation. So in December, you you uh, were fined four hundred dollars involving a, a hit and run situation where another another vehicle was struck. Uh, now this I- illegal hunting charge. I mean, h- how did you find yourself in in these situations? Well, I take responsibility for anything uh, that I've ever done. Um, you know, when you mess up, you should take the consequences. Uh, perhaps this is a political lesson that you know not not to take the consequences and not to to admit when you fess up generally when politicians find themselves uh in hot water they'll do everything they can to wiggle out of it 
and uh, and not admit to it. And uh, that probably seems to actually work out better in the long run. So I can see the incentives for that. But I thought it was right to, you know, with the traffic charge, I was a bit dismayed that uh, some of the media at least blew it up to sound not like a uh, a relatively minor administrative traffic offense for which uh, nearly everybody's ever appealed a ticket. But, uh, you know, with the hunting thing, I, uh, I made a genuine mistake. I was uh, extremely upset with myself when it happened and immediately took responsibility to the landowners and the wildlife officer, and I did so again, agreeing to pay a fine in court. But it was... Um, no, I thought it was the right thing to take responsibility for it. But right. uh, as, as the political record shows, perhaps it's best not to. Well, I guess mean, you realize in politics, these these things are going to get attention. And, you know, certainly, and, you know, when, when you make political enemies, uh, political enemies are, are going to, to take pleasure in, in, in your own suffering. So people are going to, you know, make a big deal about this. And again, you, you have to know that that's, that's, that comes with the territory. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, it's unfortunate that I don't think politics really changes uh, party ideology or epoch. I think uh, the principles of, uh, you know, politics, you can call it dirty or you can call it rough, whatever it is. It's probably a bit of both. That doesn't really change regardless of uh, which party or ideology we're talking about. It, uh, it really does stay the same. Um, you know, some of these things, um, I, you know, some of the things going back into the summer, I think were, uh, very politically motivated and and torqued far out of proportion, but that is what it is, and that's what you would expect political op- opponents to do. And uh, I suppose I suppose all is fair in love and war, but uh, you know you uh, you have to take the consequence when uh, when something goes wrong. Would you concede though that that all of this put the leader Jason Kenney in an, in an awkward position? Uh, no doubt, you know I, uh, I I I acknowledge that. I think that. Uh, you know, when you have to take things on a case-by-case basis, yeah, you know, it depends on the severity of what things are. Um, I did not believe, and still do not believe, that administrative uh, traffic offense uh, is newsworthy whatsoever. Um, I suppose the CBC disagreed when they had uh, cameras peering through the windows of my home at my children, but, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's for the media to decide on their own. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, I can sympathize that... Uh, it's a difficult position, but I also don't think that you, uh, you know, you should just uh, cut out members of your team. Um, you know, when they run into trouble, you you uh, you define uh, loyalty and teamwork by when how you react when someone's in trouble, not when they're at their best. Okay, so the, the statement Jason Kenney uh, put out last week references this November meeting, and his position is that you were asked if there was uh, anything else he needed to know about. The hunting situation was not disclosed. Uh, he felt as though there was some dishonesty in withholding that information, and, and for him, that was the last straw. So wh- what can you say, or what would you say, about that meeting and how it's been framed? Well, that, it was a bit... Um if we're talking about um, omission of facts, I think uh, his statement certainly omitted some facts. Uh, the meeting was roughly an hour long. Fifty minutes of it, though, were not. Uh, the first fifty minutes were not focused in any way on you know any other outstanding issues. Uh, they were focused around internal politics um, within the party, and I was uh, informed in no uncertain terms that. Um, you know, there had been a very 
unfortunate gerrymandering of my constituency. It was split up into five different constituencies, but roughly half of it, and the part where uh, my place is, Strathmore, was joined with Chestermere. So it was essentially the new constituency of Strathmore-Chestermere is about half and half, uh, certainly by membership numbers. And uh, so it was natural that that is where I wanted to run. It's where where my place is, and it's where, uh, you know, I had my greatest level of support. So that's where I wanted to run. And I was told in no uncertain terms that, um, you know, the, the UCP has a problem with having enough uh, females represented in the caucus. There's only two out of the entire caucus, and it's a legitimate problem that needs to be addressed. And But I was uh, very surprised and uh, dismayed by the way it was proposed to be addressed in my situation, that um, because the adjoining part of the constituency, Chestermere, was represented by a female MLA, that I would not be permitted to rejoin the caucus if I sought the nomination in my own constituency, since it had been joined about 50-50 with the constituency represented by a female MLA. And, uh, you know, I had no ill will towards towards that MLA in any way. And I'll call her a friend. But, um, and, and the UCP does need to reach out to have more female candidates, uh, especially in, in electable constituencies, but and, and reaching out to find good candidates. But I didn't, and I still don't believe that the way to do that is to deprive the local members of the right to select their own candidate um, through any kind of backroom uh, machinations. You know, so I, I, you know, I wanted to find some kind of way to resolve this so that ideally we wouldn't fight each other. But if, if at the end of the day a resolution couldn't be found, then we would let the local grassroots members of the United Conservative Party decide this. But I was told that um, you know, if it had been a male candidate, in an, in an adjoining writing that I was combined with, I would be allowed to rejoin the caucus and uh, and seek the nomination in that constituency. But I was told that uh, point blank and in no uncertain terms, that if I wanted to rejoin the caucus, I would not be allowed to run in my own constituency. And so I was uh, floored by that. It was certainly a contravention of all the talk we had had about having grassroots, democratic, bottom-up nominations without interference from above, and I was uh, I was shocked by what it means for the party, and I was shocked by what it meant for the rights of my members uh, in my constituency to select their own candidate. So I was very upset and uh, and into stunned silence, and I felt like uh, at that point, if I had to agree to that, then uh, I certainly <laughs> didn't want to speak very much more. And so the last few minutes of the uh, meeting with uh, Jason focused around any other outstanding issues. I was asked about a long, longer list of any, you know, every rumor that's ever been mentioned. I answered all of those questions, honestly. And at the very end, I was asked, you know, was there anything else? And uh, I didn't mention that I had had uh, an outstanding administrative hunting uh, offense um, at that time, because I was in pretty stunned silence. I was extremely upset about being told I'm not allowed to run my own constituency, regardless of what my own members uh, believed they wanted for a candidate. And so the meeting ended there. Um, it had been my intention to uh, to bring this to Jason, um, but I think it was just uh, a week or two later that uh, uh, officials within the Department of Justice inappropriately leaked this to, uh, to the media. It's um, pretty much unprecedented that an administrative non-criminal offense gets leaked to the media before it's had a chance to have a first appearance. And uh, so... You know that 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 was that, but 
you know, I had, uh, in the time between my meeting with Jason and when it was leaked to the media, I had just been at the cabin with my family, uh, staying quiet, minding my own business, and trying to figure out the best path forward. Because uh, being told that regardless of whatever support you might have in your own constituency, you're not allowed to run in it, um, you know, affected me pretty strongly. Right. So um, where, where does that leave you now? You, you're still the MLA for Strathmore Brooks. Strathmore Brooks will exist as a riding and, until the writ is dropped, as, as I understand. So where, where do you go from here? Well, you know, as much as uh, I did everything I could to help try to unite these parties and to help Jason uh, and have believed uh, in the UCP, I don't serve a party. I don't serve anybody except for my constituents who entrusted me to represent them in the legislature. And that's that's exactly what I'm going to do uh, going forward for now. And, uh, you know, I'll see what the future holds. But, um, you know, I wish everyone in the UCP the best, but I'm certainly troubled by some of these signs about what it means for grassroots democracy in the party. Um, you know, when we were trying to bring these parties together, one of the great fears, particularly with some members on the Wild Rose side, but also many PCs too, was that the party would just become... Uh, another old top-down party, and you know, I just want it focused on the grassroots. That the members should be in charge, and that nobody from any other level, other than the members, should get to decide who their local candidate is without interference. So I, I, I hope that that's um, that this isn't pretending too much for the future. I I, I want to see the members of the party in charge and in the driver's seat. So you don't intend to resign as MLA? Absolutely not. My people. My constituents elected me to do a job. Um, I had made thousands of phone calls um, in the weeks leading up to my meeting with Jason and was uh, very confident I had the support to continue carrying forward in that constituency and the new constituency. And, uh, you know, there's still, uh, you know, people who are relying on me to do a job. There's important work to be done in the constituency. And I, I don't serve a party. I don't serve a leader. I serve my constituents. They're my boss. Have you ruled out running in the next election, even if it means running as an independent? I haven't ruled anything out yet. All right. Well, Derek, appreciate you uh, making some time for us here today. And, and I think it was um, you know, important that you uh, respond to this, give your side of the story. So we'll, we'll see where things go from here. But uh, thanks again for this. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time, Rob. Take care. Uh, that is Derek Fildebrandt, who is still the MLA, the independent uh, MLA at the moment for Strathmore Brooks. Feels as though maybe he didn't get a fair shake from uh, from the party. Or at least uh, his account is that this this November meeting uh, between him and Jason Kenney has been uh, somewhat misrepresented by the party. So that that's his version of events. It, it is true that, yeah, Strathmore Brooks will not exist as a riding. Once the writ is dropped, there's a bunch of changes coming to a bunch of different ridings. Uh, if he intended to still represent that area or a good part of that area, that would have meant... Uh, contesting the nomination with another sitting MLA, Leela Ahir, who's the MLA for Chestermere. Derek Fildebrand maintains uh, that the party did not want Leela to be challenged, did not want Leela to be challenged by him, and that was made clear to him at that November meeting. But he does concede that he did not mention the hunting charge to Jason Kenney at the time. It came out of the news a couple of weeks later, Jason Kenney's version of events is that uh, the question was asked, is there anything else we need to know about? He was told no. And then this drops in the uh, in the media a couple of weeks later. So they felt they were, were lied to. 
And that's why they, they made the decision that he's not going to stand as a candidate, uh, well, anywhere. 974-8255, 974-TALK. What do you make of Derek's version of events? What do you make of, of Derek's time as an MLA? Uh, it, it's certainly been a roller coaster ride. Uh, controversy uh, ne- never far away with this particular MLA. 974-TALK is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.